Hello. Thank you for tuning in to Salad, the AdWorks podcast. Uh, we're back here. A new episode and a little bit of a new structure. An exciting new thing is happening this week. Uh, I'm here with Trent, as always. Hello, Zach. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a different structure uh, because we're very fortunate to bring you an exclusive interview uh, with Andrea Lance, who is a senior talent manager at RPA, which is an advertising agency in LA. <laughs> uh, it was a very fun interview. Uh, got a lot of great insights. I'd like to say thank you to RPA and Andrea mm-hmm. for... Uh, bringing her on and, and, you know, talking with us. And um, yeah, I guess without further ado, we'll take you into that conversation. Let's learn about internships. Okay, so um, get things started off here. Um, thank you again for coming on, Andre. We're really happy to have you. Um, do you mind introducing yourself to kind of start things off here? Sure. Um, I'm Andrea Lance, Senior Talent Manager at RPA. Fantastic. Um and I was wondering, to kind of get things started here, for those who haven't heard of RPA before or are starting to look at agencies, um, do you mind giving us a little bit of background on your agency? Sure. Um, RPA is, we're actually the largest integrated ad agency based in Los Angeles. Nice. Uh, we've been around for over 30 years. We're fully independent, not owned by a conglomerate or shareholder. Uh, and truly full service, so we can do absolutely anything when it comes to the advertising space. Very cool. Um, and then so Andrea, when we had talked with her to set this up, she had mentioned that you actually kind of helped start the uh, RPA intern program um, and bring it to where it is today. I was wondering if you could talk kind of about how you went to set up that program, what kind of went into balancing the interest of making sure you know RPA was getting good out of the program and also making sure that it was attractive to incoming interns as well. Sure. That's a really good question. Um, so when I started here, uh, the internship program was pretty much only during the summer around 12 interns and they were all executive referrals, huh. mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily referrals. They were must place. Uh, and some of them were good, but I will say the bulk of them were not amazing, uh, mm-hmm. because was their parents looking to get them an internship on their resume, and they weren't really invested in the internship or the agency. So I saw an opportunity uh, to to develop something out. I will be fully transparent that the internship actually became as large as it is when the economy took a downturn, Uh because interns were cheaper than full-time employees. (laughs) Um, But also, people weren't able to find jobs. So a lot of people were willing to take internships. So I I took that opportunity and really pushed the internship program. It, the program was in place before that, but it's really took uh, a, a different route during that time and really expanded. Mm-hmm. So we started small with uh, kind of forcing us to kind of look at candidates outside of the executive referrals. It started with doing on-campus interviews where I would go to local campuses, spend an entire day, interview 12 to 15 people, and walk away with a handful of people knowing that I was going to make offers for internships uh, on the spot. And then we went beyond, and we had already set up um, the program with some basic events. And we, over the years, have just developed it out. We've gotten feedback from the interns as they're exiting, have seen which ones have resonated, which ones haven't worked. And then it just kind of grew and grew. We have the support of our executives. Everyone wants an intern here, (laughs) um, which has become a little bit of a problem (laughs) because we don't have the recruiting staff to to handle this. But we've kept up and we've 
we've ended up hiring a lot of our interns. That's awesome. Uh, Adria is a rebound. She was actually in PR and uh, as an intern here, got her first PR job and actually came back. I wouldn't say she's an intern, but we'll just classify her as an intern as it sounds good. Um, <laughs> but she decided to take a career change and <laughs> has come back to the agency in a different capacity. So we've hired a lot of interns who are graduates, a lot of people who go back for their final year, come back and are hired on. So it's been it's been a, a good program. Very cool. That's awesome. Uh, just to get some perspective, um, I know you talked about the fact that it's gotten a lot larger. Can you elaborate on on kind of what the size of it is now, the program, and kind of how it works? Yeah, um, the last year I've actually tried to streamline it and make it smaller, but it didn't work. Um, <laughs> about it depends every year, but uh, in the summer we have anywhere from thirty-five to forty-five oh, um, wow. interns. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, we have the largest advertising internship program in LA, That's awesome. and it's paid. And then we do have fall and winter interns as well, and that ranges anywhere from fifteen to twenty-five. So in a year, we can take typically, it's typically about 80 to 90 interns a year. Wow. That's crazy. Um, and so with these kind of interns, um, when you set up this process and kind of as RPA looks at them now, obviously you work to streamline it so you don't have too many coming in. But uh, what do you look for in the incoming interns and how do you recommend they kind of prepare uh, when applying for these kinds of internships? Oh, that's a good question. Um it, mm-hmm. it really varies. I think that ultimately, if you've got a degree in marketing or you have a degree in business or advertising, something along those lines, it's always mm-hmm. helpful. If you don't, I, I always suggest find a way to get a footprint in this industry, whether it be doing a side hustle or volunteering. Like if you work for the Career Center, volunteer to do the marketing for the Career Center or an event coming up. And then making sure it's displayed on your resume to get that across. So it doesn't have to all be through hands-on education. There can be other ways to get in. If you don't have any of those, meet someone in the industry and get in that way. Uh, Even if you actually have all the rest of that, I I think, honestly, almost the only way to get Mm -hmm. in is through knowing someone. Every job I've gotten has been through a connection. I've never just blindly applied on a website and crossed my fingers. Interesting. Um, Kind of a a segue off of that question. This is something that we kind of talk a lot about here at ASU because we do have a marketing program. We have a, like a communications program, but like in journalism, we don't really have an advertising program and there's not a lot of opportunities for people that are interested in advertising for students that are interested in advertising. Um, And so it's kind of nice to hear a little bit of those things, but what we were going to ask next is kind of along that same thread of, uh, how can you differentiate yourself as a student that doesn't necessarily have an advertising degree? I know you kind of touched on maybe doing some side projects on the side, um, but just to go a little bit more in depth into that, that's something that we really want to be able to bring to our members and kind of share with the community here. Uh, so it'd be really great to hear more of, of your thoughts on that process. Are you guys part of like, is this an ad club or is it like an AMA group? Yeah. So we're, we have an AMA, but we're, so we're part of what we call AdWorks. And so essentially, it's a student-run advertising agency that myself and a couple other people manage. And we partner with um, different agencies here in Phoenix to uh, create work for their clients and then also do some ad competitions along the way. Cool. So you guys are actually doing everything you need to do. I think, honestly, so an example, UCLA does not have an advertising major. They have nothing even close to this uh-huh. area. It's a very, um, like, business, uh, engineering sort of focused school versus 
like this sort of communications area, but they have an ad program, which is um, they have an ad club that actually participates in NSAC and it's completely volunteer. Uh, They do it on uh, their own time after hours and they do really well in the competition every Mm. single year. I actually think they're almost better than someone who's studying advertising because it shows a strong interest. They spent their own time doing it. It's not part of a class or a Mm. grade and you just have to figure out how to get it across on your resume uh, and meet people. But I think the what you're doing now is, I think, honestly, better than studying it sometimes. Uh, it, but you just have to get it across on, on your resume. On your resume, you I would suggest all of your um, members uh, have a resume where the top portion, obviously, it has to be your education. But then the second, like kind of the, the job experience should be advertising or marketing experience at the top. And it doesn't have to be uh, work related. It can be this, what you're, the group that you're in. It, it can be like internships. It can be school projects. And then the second section below that should be other experience. So that's where you would put any of your like part-time jobs, on-campus jobs, but having that sort of marketing experience towards the top keeps the re- recruiter interested in your resume. But I think what this group that you're in is, is it's great. I don't think you need to actually do the education piece. Hmm. Nice. That's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, Only my advice is correct. <laughs> I have a segue question off of that too. Um, talks a lot about resumes right now. What's your perspective on like portfolio books for creatives and, and even non-creatives? How much value do you place on those when you're looking at potential candidates and potential applicants for the internships? Um, I, so creatives absolutely have to have a portfolio. So even to apply to our internship, when you go through the application process, there is a question that says, do you have a portfolio? If you check no, you're automatically booted uh, mm-hmm. and not considered. Mm-hmm. So creative, absolutely. Strategy is a yes, only if it's good. Well, same with creative. Um, and if you <laughs> I don't think you need a portfolio for. I, I think sometimes in other departments it can actually get you into trouble. So if mm-hmm. you have a portfolio and there's a typo in it and media is looking at your portfolio, mm-hmm. they'll probably not consider you mm-hmm. because the role in media is so detailed. Uh, creative, your portfolio should not be schoolwork. It needs to be campaign driven. Mm-hmm. And the biggest takeaway for anyone who's looking to get into creative and has a portfolio if you have 12 pieces in there and three of them you feel really confident about and the rest you're kind of like, eh, they're kind of shitty, but they're okay. I can still talk about them. Mm-hmm. Take them out. Mm-hmm. You, you'll do better with having the three best pieces rather than mediocre work. And if you can't defend your work, it should not be in your portfolio at all. That's really good advice, actually. That's yeah. great, especially for the students here and and us as a lot of us begin to develop portfolios or have developed them and are, you know, still tweaking them and changing things always. Uh, so that's an awesome piece of advice to have. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another question kind of going off of that, um, talking with different agencies, it, it kind of seems like, you know, experience can get your foot in the door, but really the soft skills is what will determine, you know, whether or not you land that internship or how you perform once you get in an agency. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how, um, you know, in your recruiting process and interviewing process, how you look to evaluate, say, someone's background and then also determine you know, whether you think they'll thrive in the job itself based on those soft skills, like, you know, as, as far as that approach. By soft skills, do you mean like... Uh, More so like the communication ability to kind of work under the tight deadlines, pressure, you know, all those different facets that kind of come with working in an agency. Gotcha. 
Um, so you might not like this answer, but it, <laughs> um, it's a crapshoot to be completely honest. I would say more entry level people don't work out than any other level at the agency because right. it really is a crapshoot. Uh, but I do think that, so my recruiting team, I think are really good gut checkers. I think they go with their gut and I think mm-hmm. in recruiting that is going to be the number one thing that you learn very quickly. And if you've been doing it long enough, I think you can quickly tell if someone is going to come in here and they're just selling, selling us a story and it's not going to work out. We do right. the interview process for interns do ask some questions that are kind of, um, up in the air questions and how people answer them can give us insight to kind of if they have the maturity to come into a business setting in the long run, this is a nine to five job. Yes. It's, it's creative based, but it is a nine to five job. It is a business Mm -hmm. role and you're seeing a lot of entry level people coming in and interns coming in that struggle with that. They think it's uh, because we have happy hours and there's booze and, Mm -hmm parties and things they think this is kind of a, a free-for-all and it, it, it's a, an endless party but in the reality it is a nine-to-five job so you have to come in right. put your business face on act a certain way put your cell phone down during inter- during meetings uh, so during the interview process there isn't I, I don't think there is a, a, a definite way to get all of that sort of sorted out but you can you can see just through how people answer questions and their thought process and how they treat the the phone interview. If someone's answering the phone in an unprofessional way, I think that's a dead giveaway. If they're not ready for the phone interview, another dead giveaway. So mm-hmm. another thing for your your team to kind of take away is if you're having a, a first round phone interview, dress like you're actually going into an interview. Mm-hmm. Sit on your bed, sit in a quiet area. If it's a desk, that's great really treat it uh, professionally uh, and then just be prepared. You're not going to know every question that's going to be thrown at you. So one question that we throw that people, I think a lot of people get stumped on and the people who end up getting hired are the ones who can really answer it is tell us a time that you failed mm-hmm. and no, I'm not asking you, are you going to come in and be able to hit deadlines and be professional in a meeting, but how you answer that can give me insight to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Definitely. That's awesome. And that's cool too, just to hear a little bit more about that. Um, Another question for you, kind of switching gears a little bit. Uh, We've talked a lot about the program itself uh, and and what you look for. So now to just shift gears to give people a little bit of a view on the other side, um, assuming you get in, uh, how are the interns treated and what kind of work do they do when they're at RPA? So I think our experience is a little unique than other agencies because the interns uh, are treated not to say other agencies aren't going to treat the interns well, but they're treated as part of the department. They sit with their group. They don't sit in an intern row. They nice. are given real, like real work. We do not do an intern project where all the interns get together and they do some fake project that's never going to see the light <laughs> of day. day. Yeah. Uh, we find those to be sort of demeaning to the interns. Like, I'd rather have them actually working on work uh, that's actually going to be sent to the client or have an effect on the work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to do intern projects because they're actually doing work. Uh, So it varies depending on the department that you're in. If you're in creative, you're actually working on concepting and creative that's actually going to go out. No, it's not going to be a huge brand TV spot, but some have worked on like regional TV spots. Some have worked on radio 
lot of banner, a lot of print work, um, account management. I've had some interns who have actually been client facing. Nice. That's pretty rare, but yeah. uh, it's it's real work. We have every single intern within their department own a project um, from start to finish and present it at the end of their internship. Hopefully the teams are actually making them do that. Um, that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> I think you walk away. The whole point of an internship is to walk away and say, yes, I want to do that. Or no, there's no way in hell I want to do mm-hmm. that for the rest of my life. Yeah. And it's okay to walk away from an inter- internship and say that sucked. And that means that the internship actually worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it, Working on an intern project isn't going to get you to that um, to that point, and I do think that is unique. There's, I've heard of a lot of internship programs where they came in and interns walked away and they didn't understand why they were even there that summer. So it, it depends, and those are things your group definitely when they're um, doing these interviews to ask questions during the interview process. You can turn down an internship if you have a better offer, and so you should know that walking away what that actual program is going to be like. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. It's awesome that, you know, they get the opportunity to work with the teams and with the with the different clients. Cause I think with an agency, it's such a, you know, combined force. And if you if you don't get a chance to to interact with all the other people, you can kind of lose sight of what, you know, what it'll actually look like once you graduate. So that's very cool. Um, kind of another question in the same vein. Um, we've seen obviously with uh, kind of the changing agency environment, you look at holding companies and how they're performing now relative to independent agencies. You look at all the new tech coming in. Um, what are some changes you see on the horizon for agencies, and, and how do you think um, you know college students looking to enter this field can kind of prepare to make sure that they're ready to kind of enter that kind of new environment? Uh, the industry is really there's a lot going on in the industry right, right. now. I think digital has been um, has been interesting for the industry. Uh, it's sort of sent everything into a tailspin. Mm-hmm. So digital is cheaper for clients. So a lot of times they they really like it. The problem is for an agency, it's actually not cheaper. Okay. It takes more bodies to produce it. It needs to go out the door a lot mm-hmm. quicker. The process is very different. So agencies are making less money and needing more people. Oh. So it's it, it's a kind of tumultuous time in the industry right now. But it's also a really good time to come in. Uh, you guys are, are the future of this industry, and you'll really kind of dictate where this industry goes. The industry is really leading into a very data-driven um, sort of world. Even creative is now turning into data. So if there's any footprint or any experience you can bring in, any sort of data experience you can you can get will be highly beneficial. So now we can actually target our campaigns uh, based off of your sort of experience on the internet. So you may get a di- completely different ad than the person sitting right. next to you. An entire room full of people could get all different ads served to them. And and that's coming from the media side, uh, from the creative side. Every single side of advertising is leading towards data. Every single article you're going to read, all these different TED Talks, everything is going to uh-huh. be about data. So getting that exposure will be vastly beneficial. When you say exposure, like what exactly do you mean by exposure to data? Like experience uh, working with, with with data points and investigating that sort of stuff or just exposure to how it relates to advertising? Um, I think 
if you can get an internship that is data focused, that would be great. If you can take a class that's data focused, anything that can get you that knowledge, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to find talent right now that have that experience. And another area to kind of think about is don't do an ad agency your first, like your first experience go a different route and bring your experience from a different sector into the advertising world. So Mm. we're competing now with uh, a lot of clients are bringing marketing and and, uh, advertising in-house. So Mm. you don't necessarily have to go to an ad agency anymore. Even going like the tech route, going to a startup, going to somewhere like a Snapchat or Hulu, Mm -hmm. those are all uh, beneficial in the advertising industry. Hulu's actually poaching really hard in the industry right now. And they're actually taking a lot of ad agency people Mm. out of agencies and they pay a lot better. So (laughs) you can't really compete. Um, So I I just remember that it doesn't have to be an ad agency experience. You can get these experiences from lots of different other areas. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's encouraging and and cool. And and definitely something that we've, we've started to notice a little bit more as we've noticed the industry changing and as we've seen some of these things start to surface uh, even here at school and, and, and while we're looking forward and, and, in the Phoenix environment as well. It's just all these things have started to culminate and, and really come to light now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if you guys have opportunities through any of your classes, I've, I've heard of schools doing this where they like Google AdWords certify their students, right. mm-hmm. like, they, like, like latch on to that stuff because that stuff looks great on resumes. And again, that's another data area. If you can get access and some knowledge working with data management platforms, DMPs, mm-hmm. that will uh, your your career will take off because we can't find anyone with those experiences. Nice. Well, yeah, and the best part about that too is like AdWords and analytics are free. So it's like, it's a really good way to yep. kind of start getting that exposure. Um, let's see. I think um, that's kind of covers most of the questions we had. Um, I guess kind of wrap things up here. Um, what is What has been your favorite kind of re- most rewarding part of working at RPA? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I think... Recruiting can be an interesting career. Um, it's uh-huh. it can be difficult. It's there's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. You tell a lot of people no. There's a lot of politics involved. But if you get to go home at the end of the day and knowing that you hired someone and seeing their career sort of blossom and seeing them kick ass, I think it's all sort of worth it. So my favorite is when I hire someone and then I hear about them doing amazing things and people talking about them, mm-hmm. no, I didn't create them, but technically I found them and I brought yeah. them into this agency, especially as an intern, watching someone grow from that level. Um, I know some interns now that are really senior level and are doing amazing things in the industry. It just makes it, it, it makes it worth it. Cause it's, it's recruiting is not an easy career. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And just one more thing, um, not really a question, a specific question, but I like asking it at the end of interviews. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything at all that you want to talk about, about advertising, about students going into the industry, uh, about yourself? It can literally be anything, just like uh, giving you the opportunity to share any sort of experience that you'd like before we sign off here. So is there anything else you'd want to add? I mean, I could talk to you for like days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I'm trying to think of if there's any other tips I can give you guys. Um, I think one thing I think a lot of students are nervous about is mm-hmm. 
find a mentor. And if it means that you have to blindly like send emails on LinkedIn, do it. I think a mentor right. can really kind of help guide you in your career. Uh, and it, it really can be super beneficial, whether it comes down to you contacting them saying, I got this job offer, or they're offering me this salary. Do you think that's that's worth it? How do I negotiate the salary? Something as little as that can really kind of impact mm-hmm. your career. And someone in the industry who has experience can give you the right sort of um, foresight versus I think a lot of people go to their parents. And yeah, if their yeah. parents haven't been in this industry, this is a very different industry than someone who's <laughs> grown up in accounting or is a doctor. It's just a very different industry. And so I think knowing someone in the industry is super beneficial. Um, and another thing, and I think... I like to talk about this because I think I've noticed um, with this generation, and I don't know if it's the way they're raised or what's going on, is that you guys have a tendency to be really scared of failing. And I Mm -hmm. think it's actually okay to fail. I fail probably every day at something. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think you should be failing like all the time, (laughs) but I think it's okay to fail and admit you failed and actually learn from those failures. And I, I think in this generation, people have a really hard time admitting that they did something wrong or stepping up to the plate with those sort of things. I think take it as an opportunity that, yes, I failed or I made a mistake and this is what I'm going to do differently from that mm-hmm. uh, versus I think a lot of I've seen a lot of people not willing to kind of make the jump or try things because they think they're going to fail. Uh, so I say, you know, go go for it and do it. And if you jump out of the plane and your parachute doesn't open up, so be it. Uh, Better to have jump than not not at all. Um, And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think my analogy was cheesy enough. (laughs) No, no, we loved it. Nice. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, one of the favorite things I've seen was comparing, you know, failure to bricks where, you know, if you're willing to kind of take those risks and, and learn from a failure, you know, at the end of the day, you know, over some time, you'll step back and realize you've actually built something pretty great, you know, as a result of learning from that and growing. And, and I think that's a really good point to bring up to, to everyone listening to this. Um, yeah. And tell, tell everyone to be curious. Yeah. I think yeah. this industry is curio- curiosity is the number one thing. And if you're not innately curious, do not go into this industry. Yeah. It's not the industry for you. You need something a little bit more stagnant. Um, but curiosity will go, will take you a long way in this industry. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for doing this and for taking time out of your busy, busy day yeah. uh, to come and talk to two students at a school. So seriously, <laughs> we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for for sharing your insights with us and, and hopefully helping us over here at ASU uh, understand a little bit more about the internship process and, and what to look forward to. So thank you. And that's it. So we will talk to you yeah. sometime soon. Again, seriously, thank you so much. Um, it's been a lot of fun and hope you enjoyed it a little bit as well. I did. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Right. We'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Do we want to add anything else? Do you want to do like a, for the end? Oh, a debrief? Not really. I don't think we really need to have like a, because it's Talking already like 17 minutes. So about? Yeah. I don't think we really need to have a debrief, but just like a, like a coming back out of the interview. Woof. <laughs> And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So thank you very much uh, to Andrea Lance. Um, It was great having um, great having her on the show. She's fantastic. And, um, you know, and, and thank you to Andrea Yarlitz as well for setting this up with RPA and us. 
Um, we hope to bring more uh, conversations like this to you in the future as we look at season two of Salad. And uh, yeah, um, be sure to tune in and uh, make sure to hit that uh, follow or subscribe button. Please follow us. Please subscribe. And if you see us on campus, let us know what you think of the interview because we really do want to bring more of these to you and we'd love your feedback on how we can make them better, what information you're looking for, and, and how to make these kind of the best that they can be. So again, thank you for tuning in to Salad. We will see you next week.